You're listening to Uniquely Beautiful Stories with Heather McIneer, a place for you to find encouragement to fully live your uniquely beautiful life. Hi friends, welcome back to the Uniquely Beautiful Stories podcast. I'm your host, Heather McIneer, and I'm so glad you're tuning in. I want to thank you for joining us here each week as we bring you messages of redemption and stories of beauty from real life women in hopes that you will find encouragement to go out and fully live your own uniquely beautiful story. Our podcast is brought to you by Cedar Creek Dental Associates. If you live near Oklahoma City and you're looking for quality dental care, be sure to check out their website at okcsmile.com. I promise you'll find an amazing staff, a gorgeous office, and most importantly, excellent dental care to keep you smiling for years to come. Also, if this podcast has been an encouragement to you, it would mean so much if you would rate or review us and five stars would be awesome and pass on an episode link to a friend so that others will be able to find encouragement from these uniquely beautiful stories. Friends, you're listening to episode 31 and my beautiful guest today is Corey Penry. Corey and I have been friends for a really long time. She's a homeschool mom to three kids, married to Brandon for 16 years. She's a traveler and a lover of RV living. She's an advocate, a photographer, and a storyteller who believes in stopping for the one. Welcome, Corey. Hi. Hello. It's so fun. It is. I love having my real life friends here. It just feels like feels right. <laughs> it does feel right. It feels how it should be. Yes. yes. Well, like I said, I mean, we've been friends since before either one of us were married. Yes. Met That's at church in the singles ministry. We both worked at the church too. So yes, we did. <laughs> and I remember when you and Garrett were dating, and you were actually engaged, right? Mm-hmm. I think we had just gotten engaged when you came over, um, but you were in our wedding, or at our wedding, part yes. of that whole thing, uh-huh. part of showers and everything, yes. and then same for us with you, watched your love story unfold. I know, it was uh, <laughs> quite a time longer, I think it was several years. Yeah, I yeah, it was like, about maybe two, three-ish, maybe more, I don't maybe. know, the time is fuzzy, but what I do remember the most about that season is, so since we worked at the church, we would go to lunch sometimes. And the, the morning I found out I was pregnant with our first yes, baby, yes, I told you before we even told our family. I know. <laughs> I remember that. I remember yeah, that. Because we were going to lunch and I was feeling so nauseous. And you were like, what sounds good? And I just made a face and you were like, what? Are you sick? And I was like, um, well, nobody really knows this except for Garrett, but I'm pregnant. <laughs> I remember that. That was so long ago. I know. She's 17 now. <laughs> and you okay. were like, who we're, knows this? We're getting aged here. <laughs> yeah. That was so long ago. I, I completely know. forgot that we had that moment together. I know. Well, I remember it just because it was so big. It was our first. And literally, I had taken the test that morning before work. He was there getting ready to go to dental school and took, you know, saw me take the test. We were like, oh, my gosh. And then we can't, we hadn't told any of our families yet. And then after work, I was like, so I told Corey today <laughs> at lunch. She just happened to be the person. She happened to be the person. Like, you need that person, though. You You need that person just to go, let me practice this. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Before I go and announce this to everyone else. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Because it's so surreal when you have your first baby. It is. You're like, this, my body has new life growing Mm -hmm. in it. Like, it's, it's, and you just want to tell somebody. It's so crazy. It is crazy, but I, I'm barely remembering that now. (laughs) 
And that, because it was just yesterday. I know. I know. It was just yesterday. And right? I think we were going to get a sandwich at City Bites. I mean, I can remember, remember it like, oh my yeah, goodness. crystal clear. But yeah, I mean, it really feels like yesterday. And of course. That's crazy. She's 17, so. That's crazy. I know. And she's darling. Thank you. She is. We oh, love Maddie. Thank you. Me yeah. too. Well, it's just been fun to, to watch each other kind of grow up. It has. <laughs> we, you know, it has. You and we we both homeschool, so we've yes. we've kind of seen each other and been on that journey together as well, mm-hmm. and um, so just been able to live a lot of life. I know it's been crazy. It's been crazy to to look at your kids and go, oh my gosh, like I can leave you, <laughs> and you can take care of yourself, and hopefully put deodorant on, yeah, and hopefully brush your teeth, <laughs> or hopefully care too. Oh, so I know. and that's the older son. So yes. hopefully care, and, and, and you will care at some point. At some point. They but take the baton and they care. They take baton and they care. <laughs> that, that, that may be when love enters the story. Yeah, and for sure for boys. There. For sure for boys. Okay. Well, and you photographed all of our kids as babies. You did all our newborn photos. So we'll talk about your, yeah. okay. your you know, journey as a photographer. But that's just fun to think back, too, that at the very, very beginning of your photography yeah. stuff, yeah. you even did, like, pics of Garrick and I in our first little home for our Christmas card. You did our family, like with my mom's side. And I, mean, I did your pregnancy. That's right. That so <laughs> with, with one of Garrick's old button-up white shirts. Oh and we had a black background. And I think I put a flower, a flower in there somewhere. It was so awkward. Nobody was even doing those really back then. Again, 17, no. I mean, 18 years if I was pregnant. So, you know, that wasn't like yeah. maternity shoots are now like all the thing. But it, this yeah. was, you were cutting edge, Corey. Oh, I totally was. You were cutting edge. I was like, go get the finest button-up shirt you can. <laughs> white start shirt and I want you to put it on and oh I wanted it to be super baggy yes and I was so <laughs> awkward because I was so embarrassed about showing my pregnant belly that yeah. I was like you know we had had other shoots where Garrick and I had a lot of fun and and felt comfortable but that one I just remember feeling so awkward but I wanted the special yeah. pictures so so I mean we we really go way back we do it was the classic at Sunday I go man if I can start there I have <laughs> I have a great way ahead of me of learning and growing and maybe not wearing your husband's shirt. So. I don't know. But, you know, everything comes back around. So well, that, it does. Sure so maybe I'll bite my tongue and be like, oh, my gosh, I started something. <laughs> <laughs> I may be hip and don't know it. And that's usually my classic tag. Well, you really I, are. I know, but I'm like, I don't know I'm hip. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe that's the best way to be hip is to not know For it. sure. For sure. Maybe well, it keeps you, you humble. Hip. Oh, humble and hip. Yeah, totally. Totally. (laughs) I need to keep my humility. Well, as our listeners are going to discover, I think you're super hip because Uh, there's so many directions we could go on this podcast. But but one thing I think people would really love to hear about is your most recent adventure where your family Mm -hmm. packed up, all five of you, Mm -hmm. sold everything, Mm -hmm. bought an RV, and went on the road. Yes. For, you know, and with homeschooling, you can do that with your Mm -hmm. husband's business. And Mm -hmm. I I want you to fill in all the blanks because I'm sure people are like, what? Yeah. How does that even happen in 2019, 18? Yeah. Um, and so, but that's super hip, trendy. Yeah. Not why you did it, but no. it is trendy, kind of. Oh, it totally is To trendy. be adventurous. It is. <laughs> but what was y'all's, and you can kind of give us a little, you know, cliff notes, like life before that, what you were doing. You were kind of just doing the normal mom thing, raising kids. Mm-hmm. Your husband had a regular job. Mm-hmm. And then kind of walk us up to 
well, however far back you want to go, but up to like okay. where the, because you know, some, I don't know if you guys are like this, but every now and then Garrick and I'll have like a harebrained idea and be like, that'd be fun to do like X, Y, Z and you know, fill in the blank. But in reality, we're probably not really going to do that thing. We're just mm-hmm. like, let's talk about this for a minute. Mm-hmm. But y'all actually did it. <laughs> we did do it. And I think that we had a window that allowed us to decide to okay. do it. And it was about an eight month window okay. where we went from one extreme to the other okay and so it wasn't a day decision it it was it was a long process decision but at the time it wasn't reality so (laughs) it was just fun to talk about okay so the conversation just got more and more real as you kind of put things into place yes so we my husband had worked for a church for 15 years an amazing church and we were very plugged in and we were very um we were very passionate about where we were at. And at the same time, we were remodeling a house that we had um, purchased. It was 1950s house, and the original owner had not touched anything in it and had rented it out the whole time when he oh, wow. moved. So we literally had a house, <laughs> and it was in a great market mm-hmm. where it can be sold and made for profit. So we had that going mm-hmm. and on top of that we had him working for a church and he mm-hmm. traveled a lot for the church and so he was gone a lot plus doing the house so the house was a seven-year project and my husband remodeled I would say 90 percent of the house on his own with his bare hands and so so we had been leading up to that and in that process he had really felt that he was supposed to leave his, his job. Mm -hmm. But when it's so embedded in you and it's so natural and it's so easy and the opportunities he had were were the best in his field to have Mm -hmm. that it was difficult to say, okay, we're going to leave. And so we kept looking ahead to what's next. Mm -hmm. And as believers, we would seek the Holy spirit and he would say, well, you know, I'm not going to tell you what's next. Mm -hmm. And that, and that made it a difficult decision to mm-hmm. go, okay, we're going to do this, mm-hmm. um, but we don't know what's next. Step, on, and step out and faith. It was, it's, so it became a big faith step. And there were things that led up to, to our faith being built in that my daughter was a surprise pregnancy. And um, I, it took me a long time to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. It took me like three years with my, um, uh, not my daughter, my um, son. Uh, with my daughter, it took me three years to get pregnant with her. And so with our last son, we woke up one day and we were pregnant and I was 42. And <laughs> my husband sat in the dark for like two hours playing some, I don't know, like dark music <laughs> in his pajamas. And thank the Lord, when I went to go take the pregnancy test, we were home by ourselves. <laughs> And our kids were gone. It was like, it was our night together. Mm -hmm. And so um, I went in my pajamas to get the pregnancy test and came (laughs) back. And um, I took it and he just sat in there for a long time. And we just were not prepared at 42 to have a baby. And so our journey there um, and walking through that and then knowing that we had a third time, mm-hmm. a third opportunity to have a baby um, was amazing. And I always wanted a natural birth, but I always felt it was not 
going to be possible for me mm-hmm. because I had had two C-sections. Mm-hmm. And so the opportunity came to me through my chiropractor. Why don't you look at having a natural birth? And I was like, what? <laughs> Are you crazy? Yeah. Because everybody said it's not possible. It's not possible. And I, I think that was preparing us for the faith. Mm. He was developing our faith even then mm-hmm. to, to go, well, okay, is this possible? Mm-hmm. And, and, and when I started, so we, it, it took us four months to go through that process of deciding whether a natural birth was going to be safe, what was going to mm-hmm. be wise, going to getting our records and researching yeah. and and, and then really, you know, you've got insurance, you've got the hospitals, you've, you've got all these people that come against you, and you really have to see what's true and what's not true. Mm-hmm. And that and that became the start of our faith of making different choices yeah. that the world was not going to agree with, mm-hmm. and maybe making choices that didn't make sense to the world, mm-hmm. and that maybe even brought fear into the people around us mm-hmm. that loved us and cared for us. And it, it started this just deepening of my faith and confidence in him hmm. and his voice and what he was telling us to do. And that journey led us to a natural birth, mm-hmm. um, which was crazy. <laughs> and it, um, it was very quick and it was wonderful. And, and I think coming out of that, I, I really believe he was preparing us then that once he asked us to, to leave mm-hmm. his job, we were in the position to go, yes, because Mm -hmm. he's like, I just showed you this, what you thought was not possible. Mm -hmm. And people came around and people embraced it. And you did something different that Mm -hmm. no one else really thought, or even at 42, having a baby, you know, there's not a lot of support just in the common community because there's not a lot of people. Because in fact, I was just at Walmart and a guy called me grandma. So (laughs) that's a whole nother story. (laughs) I was with my son, who's now four. Yes. And we were going into Walmart, and I said, do you want Hot Wheels first? Do you want to look at Hot Wheels first, or do you want to do groceries? He goes, Hot Wheels. And the guy behind me goes, I want Hot Wheels. And I kind of tipped my head back, and I looked at him, and then he looks over behind my shoulder at my son, Ryder, and says, <laughs> Grandma, I'll take you anywhere. No. <laughs> and I and I just I just thought, la, la, la. Uh-huh. I was like, we are not even going there. No. Well, you don't look I was like your grandma. I know, but it was funny because look, it's the it's it's the joke. It is. And, it is. And so, um, I, like, even today you have this cute hat on. You look uh, so cute, oh, man. I'm but, like, how would someone even say that? But whatever, but, but people. It, it it was funny. Yeah, it was funny. And so now Brandon, my husband, is like, oh, I'm married to grandma. And I was like, yes, you are. So it's this common joke now that um, yeah, there are times being older and having yeah. you know. Now, now he's four. Mm-hmm. Um, that so I believe that that really was leading us into mm. leaving his job, and mm-hmm. so we, we sold the house that he'd worked seven years on, and he left his job, and so we went on, and and when we left that house, we were exhausted. Yeah, we had been giving so much to the to the church and to the ministry, and then also to the house and. And you're remodeling our, in all your spare time. Yeah. So it's like so doing normal two, stuff and then having another job yeah, on top of it. Yeah. So we were in two jobs and our faith and, and who we were in our faith um, had a ceiling because all our time was to everything else. Mm. And we had hit that ceiling. And so by the time I left there, I was just dry yeah. in my faith. Like if someone says, who are you? What do you want? What do you want to do? I could not tell you. Mm. And here we were with money and we're... We are able to move up in mm-hmm. what the world would, you know, call 
taking the ladder up to to yeah. building wealth or to building prosperity or to moving in prosperity. And so we decided to rent for mm-hmm. eight months because we just needed to rest and yeah. recoup. And so we looked at purchasing 17 acres of land. It was raw land. And we were at Disney World. My father-in-law had retired and they took us to Disney World. I remember we were at Hollywood Studios and we're texting each other about the land and the land started having a lot of problems, huh. easement problems, problems that weren't um, setting us right. Mm-hmm. And so in that, and we texted, and I go, what are the pros? What are the cons? And we're texting each other at Hollywood Studios because there's no time. Mm-hmm. And and we both decided that we weren't going to get the land. And that was a pivotal moment for us because it, we, had, we had had enough time mm-hmm. to to decide at that point, we don't want that. Yeah. We don't want to keep getting more mm-hmm. because our, our faith inside was dead. Like at that point, I was not a fan of the church. I was not a fan of the local church. I was not a fan... And I wasn't a fan because I was dead inside and because I was I needed Jesus and mm-hmm. I needed to be with Jesus and I needed to hear from Jesus. And the enemy is nasty and he mm-hmm. wants to still kill and destroy. I didn't know my authority. I didn't know that I had it. And I had just been topped over, mm-hmm. really. Super burned out. And I was super burned out. And, and we didn't know that there was a place where we could receive. Like, we just knew how to give. Mm, yeah. And so I think all that accumulated. He actually didn't leave his job until we were in the rent house. Mm-hmm. And in that time, he finally put a notice in, and they really didn't need him for as long as he put his notice in. And so he left, and we said, okay, we're not getting land. We're not going to build. Here we are. And to God, what's next? <laughs> and God's what's next. And we started watching YouTube videos of people RVing. Huh. And I've always felt that grandma's the word that I wanted to live more of a retired lifestyle where, where, yeah. you know, I felt like life was backwards. I felt like, okay, you're doing all this when you're older. Why, why can't you do this with your kids? Mm-hmm. Why can't you see the world with your kids? Yeah. And that was a dream for me was to see the world with my kids, especially mm-hmm. in homeschooling. I was like, let's not talk about it. Let's go see it. Let's feel mm. it. Let's touch it. Let's be around it. And so. Well, and even when he would travel, I remember sometimes you would pack up, you and the kids would pack up and go with him on some of those out yeah. of state jobs so that mm. you could just do school during the day and be with him. And so you kind of, that's a blessing there that you had kind of tasted what it was like to just pack up and do your life on the road. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, in little tiny slices, you right. would do it for maybe a week or a weekend and then mm-hmm. come back to your home base. So it right. kind of is a blessing that you guys had had that experience short term, you know. For sure. And I think that, again, it's him fathering us. It's him preparing us. And we can't see what's happening in the supernatural. We can't see how he's preparing our life mm-hmm. and how he's he's going ahead. He goes ahead for us and yeah. he goes behind us and he's preparing yeah, the way. Totally. And he was preparing the way for us. And he knew in my heart of hearts that he put that dream inside mm-hmm. me to mm-hmm. want us to do life in such a way. And again, the natural birth and several other life events have prepared me. If you're going to make a different choice, if you're grounded in me... I'll bring it together in such a clear way. And when you go out, it's lonely at first because you're, because you're, it's just you. And then you start seeing there's other people around you doing it. And that's mm-hmm. what the YouTube videos were because in our hearts, we felt very much like the pilgrims, like mm-hmm. we were going to go out and do something completely new. And then you start seeing it's a culture, it's a yeah. cool thing. 
Yeah. It's, and then you're like, oh, this is a thing. Yeah. And, there, you know, our, our culture is longing for simplicity and long, yeah. longing for simple living. And That's true. with the tiny house movement all the way to the RV living. Mm-hmm. And so we got excited to see, oh, there are people that have gone ahead. There are people that are doing this. There mm-hmm. are people that are living life this way. And all of a sudden, when we got that connection, mm-hmm. then we were like, we're doing this. And so, it was easy at that point. So practically then, what are the steps? Because I'm sure people, maybe someone's listening and they're like, oh my gosh, I've wanted to do this. And this podcast is like solidifying it for me, you know. But there's practical steps because you you had sold a house, but you were living in a rent house. And were there things you had to get rid of? Or do you store things? Or, you know, just kind of like in a nutshell, I guess, as simple as possible. How can you walk us through the, just the prep steps to get a family of five and a dog ready to live in an RV. For us, we took it in steps, just like we do at homeschooling. You know, every year you go, are we going to do this? Originally, we thought we'd only be out three months. So we didn't feel ready at that point to, to sell everything. So at that point, we got storage. Okay. And we did have three cars, and we felt called to give those away. And so we knew that that was not typical of someone that just wants to go RV. That was just very much a personal, spiritual decision that that we made because we believe he called us to do that. You could only haul certain cars, and it depends on if you're in, like, there's a Class C, which has the cab in the front, Mm -hmm. and and that's what we're in. And then you have, like, a travel trailer where you have the big F-150s, and then you have the trailer behind it. Well, we knew we weren't going to do the trailer. We knew that we're going to do the Class C. Well, the Class C can only tow certain cars, and all the cars that we had were not towable. And so we knew that we would use it as a car, but you can get the the trucks, the Mm -hmm. F-150s and the travel trailers, and then you have a truck to drive around and wherever you're parked. Mm -hmm. We've hit a lot of big cities, so we use the transportation that's available. Or so, we drive to wherever we need to in the RV itself. So we've biked, we've hmm. we've done the monorail or, you know, bus, any hmm. any kind of transportation, the subway, any kind of available transportation mm-hmm. we would take. So like for example, I know y'all have gone up to New York City, which to me mm-hmm. that does not sound like an RV city. I mean, it's I not. feel like I wouldn't even want to drive a Suburban around that place. So no. so what do you do? Are there places where you can park your RV in the city and then you just take all their public transport options? Or what does that look like? Well, if you're, if you're going into the RV world, yes, there's great apps out there. And there's one that we followed that it'll show your location and it'll show you where all you can park oh. around your location. And so that's the, that's awesome. the best way to travel. It's uh, all stays. It's what it's called. Okay. And you you look and you go. Okay. Well, I'm I'm in Manhattan, and it'll tell you. Okay, you can park at this Walmart or Cracker Barrel huh. or there's this RV park, and then it'll give you the rating of the park, oh. and it'll give you the information, the website, the phone number, and we lived by that. Okay. On the road, because there's places that you can really stay for free overnight, mm-hmm. and then there's places that you park. So you three. Pay. Yeah, that and you you're, pay. And you're living, you know, you had the the home sale allowed you guys to have some, a little bit of liquid asset money that you could live on, but you're not wanting to spend a ton of money on the road because you want to be frugal. And so that's a big deal. If every night you're having to pay to park your RV, then you're going through a lot of cash just 
to be on the road. Mm -hmm. So we, we had a generator in our RV. So the generator runs our air conditioner. Okay. So during the summer, we would run the generator through through the night mm -hmm. or we would have fans. During the winter, you don't need the, art, you don't need the generator because it runs off of the actual battery power. Oh power and so you're able to um, have heat so you can park anywhere huh. really it's, it's just you have to have water yeah and then you have to dump and so and that also shows on the all stays app huh. where you can do water and dump and so we have just so many crazy stories of where we found water and where we dumped it you do find a way and boondocking was among our favorite and that's where you just go on a estate piece of land that mm -hmm. says it's free and you can just park and you're out there like yeah, in nothing in and then and that is really what a lot of RVers love to do mm -hmm. and you're not around anybody and so I think you can do about half of a month to three-fourths of a month without paying hmm. at an RV park but it does get tiresome because yeah. you want to have all the amenities yeah. and you want to have the electricity you know you have a close shower you have the laundry room so it's necessary to that's do true. about at least a week out of the month at an RV park so that's how we budget that okay so um going back to just a couple practical yeah. questions because my mind is just spinning I've got three kids as well and I'm thinking how in the world do you consolidate your life down to the space of an RV where you're talking food, hygiene, you know, toiletry stuff, plus homeschooling stuff, clothes. What did that look like to give everybody their own little space and their storage? And <laughs> Well, at the beginning, it was much different than what it is now because okay. we have two years under our belt. But That's you know, true. We didn't say. Your yeah, three, what I know. you thought was three months has, it has, has, has come to two years. <laughs> so the, the first, we had saved up enough money to travel for three months. And then my husband was like, oh, I'm going to get a job. Mm -hmm. We went into the three months packing very specific for where we were going and the weather that we were in. And it's almost like camping. Yeah. Like we're looking at it like we're just camping. Yeah. And so it was very easy to plan. Although I did have a friend help me that thinks very much along the lines of organization mm -hmm. and systems. That's and good. I was like, can you write this down for me? Because my <laughs> mind is going crazy. Yeah. And she helped me kind of streamline it. But again, I took it in chunks. I was like, okay, we're just going to do it for three months. And then we kept the rest in storage. Okay. And so, you know, and, and that was how it, it started out. Again, since it's camping, there isn't a lot of prep with kids. Okay. They're just excited. Yeah. It's like a vacation. It's like a vacation. So they're like, oh, we're in each other's space. We're mm -hmm. sharing one bathroom. You know, we're just going to have hot dogs yeah. and, you know, rice and beans and, you know, we're, we're out on the prairie kind of thing. <laughs> and so it was very easy then. Mm -hmm. I think as we were out on the road, it was more everyone giving each other space, how to use the space on the inside, how to use it on the outside, mm -hmm. and then also how to manage responsibilities and duties and who yeah. does what. So the first three months were very much just fun. Mm -hmm. And I think when we decided at that point that the Lord was like, I don't want you to work. I want you to keep doing this. And that was huge for us. And so we, we did have some other income. We did have some other things there that allowed us to do that. But it still was not in our minds, wisdom-wise, financially. Mm -hmm. It was not like, oh, this makes total sense. It, it was, again, another step of faith. But I think by month five, six, and seven, it, it became, okay, we, we have to make adjustments. Mm -hmm. Then there was the conversations of, 
okay, how do I get all my spices in this cabinet? Yeah. How do I? Because I had to really have more food. I had to have more options. Yeah, with you food. Eat hot dogs for a year. No, oh God, no, <laughs> God, no. And and you you had to learn uh, food that would work on mm-hmm. the road. And I think we got four or five meals that really worked for us. And then sharing the bathroom and then also all of all of us going to bed at the same time, all of us waking up at the same time. Yeah. And when someone needed space that wherever we parked, mm-hmm. like you have the world is your oyster. Like they like if we're parked at the ocean, if we're parked in the mountains, they just get out of the R V mm. and you pull the awning up and we have a rug that we lay down. And if you follow anybody on YouTube that RVs you'll you'll see. How, how that how your outside is really your oyster, your inside just where you sleep hmm. and where you eat. Learning that all those dynamics yeah. and then learning how to do school within the travel. Mm-hmm. And that's where the RV parks really come into play because then when you're at an RV park, you can be there for a week and those four days is really hard school mm-hmm. and you're not and you can really have the space and you have the amenities to to do the shower if you have a dog, a dog yeah. park. Yeah. You know, whatever those logistics are for you personally Hmm. and so again it's just another adjustment I think our adjustments were like just slow and steady and they and we and we kept moving and going and adjusting and moving and going and adjusting and so Mm -hmm. it doesn't happen all at once I for most people that have an RV they're only out a couple of months a year Mm -hmm. we we did learn that there is a culture of people that do full-time RV and most are homeschool families mm-hmm. or do independent businesses. Yeah. To get take on the road. That, that they can do on the road. Yeah. Like the Duterra or Young Living or mm-hmm. some kind of business that allows you to not have to be in an office or yeah. internet, anything with internet or social media. And so there, there is a, a group of people out there that, that do it and they meet and they commune and they mm-hmm. have activities and, and you really learn a lot from gathering with those people yeah and I guess that's such a good point as you break it down and honestly it shouldn't surprise me because this is how the Lord is but you know he doesn't give us the two-year five-year plan it, mm-hmm. it is the moment by moment and so what he showed you was three months and let's mm-hmm. do this as a family it's an adventure and had he shown you two years I don't know yeah. that you ever would have even I think it would have been so overwhelming that not that you wouldn't have taken the step in fear, but probably you just would have been trying so hard to get all the ducks in a row that it might have taken forever. Mm-hmm. But when you look at it as, oh, this is a three-month adventure, like you said, you kind of pack like you're camping. Your kids, are, everyone's excited. And then he just gives you the next little bit of the vision, just, you know, mm-hmm. baby steps. Mm-hmm. So I that that's a good that's a good point that you brought up. And I think that applies to us, like no matter whether we're talking RV or some other big dream that God's Mm -hmm. put in our hearts. Mm -hmm. Well, and it it taught us to listen to our kids too. Mm. In, in the space, the space is like a pressure cooker (laughs) and, and in a pressure cooker, all, all that's wrong is going to come out Mm. a lot quicker and a lot faster. And so it taught us to problem solve and face our problems head on Mm. opposed to avoiding them and then finding ways around them Mm. or the kids don't have to be close together. They don't have to work this out. They'll just learn to manage around each other. And so that God would give us times for that too, mm-hmm. where we weren't faced with the stress of being on the road or having to be somewhere. Like sometimes we would just get into that. And I believe that that was the most life-changing for the kids. And, and every hump we would get over with that, the easier the travel was mm-hmm. 
for them because it, it wasn't, all the drama wasn't with it. Like, she's in my space, and she's this, and she's that. And yeah. it was like, okay, you know, you really hurt my feelings, and I know you think different, and I know you're different than me, and we, we got to find a way through this. Because if we can't love each other well, then who else are we going to love well? Like, yeah. who else are we going to be this close to and who's going to be in our life forever? I mean, you're my family, so we have to fight for this. Mm-hmm. And so I would say that being forced into those, I would say forced because it would not, yeah. it's not our nature to yeah. want to, to do that. And I really believe that's the biggest concern for most moms that I talk to. They're like, there's no way I would pack all my kids mm. in that small space because they, they already see the time bombs yeah. <laughs> explode. And they're like, why would yes. I do that to myself? And, and I really felt like the Lord just took us through that to show us, you know, my heart is for the connection is it is for me to father you and know you and for intimacy and it's your heart's the most important thing to me. Mm-hmm. I know you have an agenda and you want to be big and successful and you want to be moving and grooving and have an identity out there in the world, but my heart for you is is to know you and to mm-hmm. be with you and to to see the lies that you're believing in your heart and how you've misconstrued something or how you're you're missing me in something. Mm-hmm. And I think it just really slowed us down in that. And I think when we started evolving into that process, it didn't seem like a thing to go, oh, another six months, oh, another. It just, it became beautiful. Like it, it became so intimate in, in a way that I never thought was possible. Mm-hmm. Like I never would have thought in a million years that, that intimacy was possible. And my son was, I don't know, he's 11 going on 12 at the time. He's right at that pivotal moment where a lot of things come out. And he was heading in a direction that we believe now, if it would have been, if we would have been in a bigger house, we would have been full of activities, doing, moving, going, that we would have not seen or Mm -hmm. overlooked. And, And we had so much time with him in the RV to to work that out. Yeah. And, and, and I was like, thank you, God, that you, you showed us now because mm-hmm. it's something that would have fed into his life forever. Mm-hmm. And, and so I really feel like the pressure cooker in anything, like we would talk about a grape, you know, yeah. it's the grapes, grape seed or the, the anything being squashed that, that our process with him or the consecration, mm-hmm. whatever word you want to use, our, our process and I feel like the RV became that for us. It, mm. it became that process. Wow. And so I think it made the traveling easier. And, you know, of course, there's tons of facts and tips and, <laughs> and ways that it's more efficient and more effective. And eventually we got into a system that was very simple and worked for us. But I didn't really focus too much on that because so much more was happening mm. inside. So I think it just became easier as time went on. Gosh, I love that. And, you know, you talked specifically about what God did in your kids, in their hearts, in their relationship with each other through the pressure cooker of the RV. But I know, too, towards the beginning of our conversation, you mentioned that you and Brandon were both burned out from life Mm -hmm. and ministry and working around Mm -hmm. the clock. Mm -hmm. And some of the hope of even just that first Mm three-month adventure was to de- um, decompress, to be rejuvenated, to right. be restored and refreshed right. because you've shared certain yeah. things. You know, I've watched that process continuing to happen. Would you share some of how the RV, I would say, rejuvenated your faith and relit a fire? Oh, it, it totally did. 
you know, we were eight months in the rent house. We were in the rent house. A, a friend of mine invited me to a group. And it was a group of women that were meeting. And it was a very authentic place. And it was a place where you could be heard. And it was a place where I learned to receive. And the first person that met me said, I'm just going to pray for you. It was so awkward because I'd been in a culture where someone just didn't come up and say they were going to pray for me. And we prayed and she goes, I just hear the word receive like you don't know how to receive. And that word led me on a new journey of like, I need to learn to receive. I don't even know what it looks like to receive. I've been giving all this time. And it, it became a safe place to in when you're serving and you just keep going and you have all these wounds that, that you're carrying. I think our culture is so much better about it now, but the, the enemy is really the crafter of that. He's he's there to craft the lie that you're isolated, you can't tell anybody what you're going through. That process before we got into the RV prepared me mm-hmm. as, a, as our family. And, and so we did do a lot of inner healing, Brandon and I did, and inner healing is just where God comes and meets you somewhere where you did not experience him in brokenness or in hurt. And so I did not know it was possible for him to come in and go, okay, when you have that hurt in your fence, I'm going to come and reparent that. I'm going to come and change that. And when you look at that now, you just see the cross. You see me. You see my blood. You see my love. And I'm going to supernaturally impart to you just a whole new story. Mm -hmm. And we had not been in that space to do it. Mm. And so there was an eight-month process for us in that before we even got into the RV. And even in the RV, the first six months, there was still a lot coming because we're an onion and things are unfolding and things are unyielding and things are um, are moving. And he's so gentle and kind with us. He, he takes us one step at a time through that. And, and I think that by the time we did get there, the kids started feeding off of what we were learning mm. and them learning about the Holy Spirit, hearing from the Holy Spirit, knowing mm. that um, we, we learned so much about our authority. I would think that's the biggest thing that we learned about through before going on the RV and was just that, oh, I can talk over this. Like I really believe by the time we got in the RV and we got out that that was all transforming and evolving. Yeah. Well, and when we as parents are more healthy, then right. we are able to help our children to grow mm-hmm. in health. And they're growing up in a more healthy environment. And so it all just mm-hmm. kind of trickles over in any um, yeah. any home, any space, but especially in a space that's what, like... 200. Yeah, 200 square feet or whatever, <laughs> you know. I mean, there's just no, there's no hiding it. You know, you're either going to be just tripping over each other physically and, you yeah. know, emotionally. Yeah. Or you're going to be helping each other and leading each other into wholeness. Mm-hmm. And and so I just yeah. love that picture that God was dealing with certain things inside of you and Brandon at the same time as he's doing things in your kids' hearts. And I mean, that's how he always works, but yeah, we just totally. don't always see it or stop and, no. and step into it or listen or take the time. Well, Brandon, my husband, tells such a perfect picture of when you're first learning to swim and and you're on the diving board and you quite don't know how to swim yet, but that you're like, just jump off. And you're down in the pool and you got your hands out and you're like, I'm ready to catch you. I promise I'll catch you. And you're like, no, I'm not going to jump. And they're like, no, I promise. Mm -hmm. And then you jump and we catch you and then you do it again. You do it again. And then you're like, okay, well, God's going to catch me here. Well, the fourth time you go out, well, God's a little farther out. And he's like, okay, you're not only going to have to jump in, but you're going to have to swim to me. Uh-huh. And then, and then you know, the 10th time, let's swim. And all of a sudden, you're jumping in the pool and swimming across it. Mm-hmm. And I really believe that's a perfect picture of us walking out our faith through mm-hmm. even 
starting with having my son all the way to here, just how he was building our faith. It's such a process. And mm-hmm. our culture doesn't give a lot of time for that process. Yeah. And and that's what has become our passion is creating that process for people. Like, you know, and our greatest resource is time. And we spend a lot of time with people. And mm-hmm. and that's how it just started evolving out of what was going in us. That's how it started translating out to other people was mm-hmm. just, just being. You know, I mean, how lovely is it when someone just sits with you yeah. in the quiet and there's no agenda there's no branding. There's no hype that you have to put on who you are or what you're going to be or what you think you should be. You mm-hmm. just are a child. And I believe that it was all accumulation. All, all of it was accumulation to getting us to that point and the learning to be content in that. Because we've all had moments. We've all walked outside and looked at the trees and right. said, Oh God, I'm with you and you're with me, but but it, the daily living it out and living it mm-hmm. out in our culture, living it out under pressure, living it out trying to participate in our culture is is a is a definite process, mm-hmm. um, and and that became our heart as a family first, and then to other people just to slow down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's so it's so kind and loving of the Lord, and so honestly, just like him, it's his nature and his, his character that he made you, he made your husband, he made your kids. He knows your wiring. He knows what you love. He knows what, what kind of beauty draws your heart to him or opens your heart wider. He knows that you are the types, first of all, how cool that he brought you and Brandon together as a husband and wife, you know, but he knows what stirs you and what stirs beauty. He knows that you guys are the types that love camping and adventure. And you do have personalities that can be together all the time and love that. You have jobs that are Mm -hmm. flexible for that. Mm -hmm. And so he's going to use all those ways that he made you to get you to this Mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. Now, to someone else, it may not be living in an RV. Mm -hmm. That might be the exact opposite Mm -hmm. of what would open their heart more towards God, you know. But he's going to use the things that he puts inside of you. And, And often I hear women saying all the time, like, um, well, that's not spiritual. I just love being outside. Or that's not a spiritual gift. I just like having people over. You know, no, that's hospitality. That's what it's called, you know, yeah. or being outside. That's how God speaks to you. And so the fact that you guys have become able to hear him so well, you know, that's something that honestly all of us can do. We have to tune in to that those places in our heart that he made. Mm-hmm. And as we tune into that, we hear him more clearly and, and we're actually able to see his, you know, it's almost like a flashlight, like someone's pointing a flashlight on your path and you see a little bit in front of you and you just walk there and then he's continuing to shine the, the flashlight. But I feel like somebody, maybe even listeners might think, well, that's great for Corey. You know, I really wish I could like hear God with his plans like that, but I'm just not that way. You know, but I know you would agree that, that that's not true. Like God wants all of us to hear him. And if we dial, I feel like the more we dial in to the way he made us, and we listen, you know, to, like I said, what stirs your heart? What makes you feel close to him? What makes you feel just undone and raw? You know, like, it's not the same for all of us. It's whether you say personality, Enneagram number, all yeah, that, yeah. you know, like, but we dial in to who we are. And he's going to talk to us there because he made us like that. Yeah. And, you know, with all the travel that we've done, having more of a global perspective, you know, we're all, we're all human. Yeah. And our humanity is what draws us together. And... In, in our humanity, we long to be loved and haven't carved out the time sometimes. I think a lot of it's just not knowing that God can heal. Yeah. 
that he can go down and heal those parts. Yeah. And I think it begins there for a lot of people is as they've been wounded or jaded or hurt and they don't know what to do with those things. Yeah. They know that God loves them. They know that that he could speak to them and minister to them. But sometimes it takes more than one person to come mm-hmm. alongside you and to take you to the cross and yeah. take you to the feet of Jesus and just say, man, God wants to reparent that. He wants to change that. Mm-hmm. And and I think our, our obedience to that, and obedience is not like, and I'm asking to be told, I'm, he's saying, do this and I don't want to do it. This right. is like, I'm obedience because like, you're, this is out of love. This right. is out of redemption. Like this is, this is our love story. Yeah. And that changed me hearing him. Mm-hmm. That changed my ears and, and my eyes mm-hmm. that I could hear and see. And so that was the process. And I think the enemy puts a, a cloud or a, we see it through that lens and yeah. we don't see that, oh, he has that for me too. Especially women and moms that yeah. they learning that they have authority that just say the name Jesus and he has Mm -hmm. to go Mm -hmm. and that they speak truth over who they are and in their Mm -hmm. life they'll begin to hear yeah he's speaking it's just there's an enemy that wants to still kill and destroy and I really believe that that's the real fight that that we're in and Mm -hmm. that we're in every day and to speak to our lifestyle as a photographer like you had said at the Mm -hmm. beginning just who my husband is the our, our wiring would have been really easy to self-promote our mm-hmm. lifestyle and yeah. what we were doing and create a YouTube channel. And our heart was not to follow a lifestyle because we saw that what we were doing was so trendy. And I wanted our story to be after the fact that mm-hmm. people would follow Jesus and what, however you bet them, however you've made them, whatever space they're in, you know, small space they're in, whatever they're in, that he's the same yeah. yesterday, you know, and then today and tomorrow he's the same. And so I believe that it is a process. When we're on the road, people want love. That's what people want. They want to be heard. They want to be valid. They want to be seen. And they want to know that there's a father that sees that they're homeless, sees that they don't have anything, Mm -hmm. sees that this pattern that they've been in or Mm -hmm. this activity that's over them, that they have freedom over it. Like people just want Jesus. Yeah. That's what our culture wants. That's what our world wants. That's what the, that's the solution for humanity. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I believe that that to the listener, I believe that that ties to all of us that mm-hmm. we just want love. And hopefully our story will see how personal he is yeah. with each of us. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That. I definitely listen, look at your story and see that. And, um, you know, we're, we're starting to wrap up here. Our time is flying and I'm sure there's like, people that have so many practical questions. And so if you don't mind, I'll tag you in the sure. interview and then they can they can reach out to you with direct message or comments because there may be someone who's like, we totally want to do this. There may be people who want to know, you know, what places did you visit? What parks were the best? And so that kind of stuff, guys, please feel free to reach out to Corey. Then we also, I'm sure, have listeners who are interested in just the, the spiritual unveiling and uh, restoration in your heart. And, you know, you've You've given a lot of description and a lot of detail, but someone may want more information about that. And so obviously, I'm sure you'd love for people to reach out <laughs> to talk to you about that as well. Just, you know, there may be a woman that's like, that sounds like me. I'm scratching the surface of who I am, but there's so much woundedness. And mm-hmm. and you hit the nail on the head. Like when we are wounded, it's just like if your finger is hurt and the rest of your body is perfectly fine, but your finger is hurt, you you notice it, you think about it, you touch mm-hmm. it and it hurts, you wash your hands and you see it. Like it comes to your face all day long because it's hurt. 
the rest of you is totally healthy, but you're thinking about that finger way more than you're thinking about your big toe that doesn't hurt at all. Mm-hmm. So in our spirit, when we're wounded, that wound, those wounded places pop up all the time. Mm-hmm. And they can blind us from all the other healthy things. You know, you may have mm-hmm. 40 years of healthy memories, but there's some really, you know, difficult or traumatic or just, you know, patterns or whatever it is, those wounds that keep popping up. And and I know that that's kind of where yeah, you are with that, just addressing those things and finding healing there. Mm-hmm. And it's usually if you go to 1 to 10 on a situation, that's where there's a bitter root or something mm-hmm. that has rooted, that has come an offense or hurt. And mm-hmm. it's usually at that point when you just start yelling at somebody, like at a 10. Yes. And someone's like, what happened? Like, like we were just happy not. five minutes ago, and all of a sudden you're not happy now. Well, that usually is a bitter root, and that's usually something that God is showing you mm-hmm. that, okay, like, go come with me in the quiet and mm-hmm. ask, why, why am I yelling? Um, because I believe that it's a signal. I mean, yeah. our emotions... Don't want we don't want them to manage us, but right. they're messengers to to what we're 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 going through, and so yes, that I I believe that that is really the root of what we've ended up evolving into mm-hmm. in the last two years is is we end up parking in front of people's houses and doing life with them, mm-hmm. and we've had the resource of time. Mm-hmm. Time is something you can't buy back, yeah. and so we spend time with people. We do life with them, and we get to know them. And mm-hmm. so our heart and passion over the last two years has grown into partnering with people wanting to do ministry or in ministry and broken, or just people that are believers and have just stopped in their faith. Um, mm-hmm. We minister, and then from that, we'll be evolving into telling their stories mm-hmm. through through our gifting, not just kind of evolved out in the last couple of months of doing portraits and telling people's yeah, stories. Tell us and a so, little bit about that. I know it's still in the conception yes. early stages, but I would love for you to tell our listeners as much as you can about this new ministry that God's revealing. Well, you know, we, we call it Risen because it's the last letter of each of our names. So, and it's R-Y-S-Y-N. And a friend of ours in California loves come up with names, figured it out one day. I mm. That was not my thing. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. And the verse that we've really lived by is Ephesians 5, 14. It's wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and let God's light shine on you. And just how we live in these dead parts and, we're, mm. and, and how God wants to revive us. And he wants us to be the light. Mm. And how we can partially be living in our faith. But, you know, there's this other part, like I'm not really... We're not fully living this out. Yeah. And so that that became our kind of our name as we travel because everyone's like, name your RV. <laughs> we were going to have bobbleheads on the back that was with hilarious. us. Like, because my husband can sculpt and things like that. And we, we just thought of all these corny, crazy stuff, but then it just became risen as we traveled. And just from that, it's like I said, we've, we've just started partnering with people and doing life with people and, and telling people stories. And we really have a heart for the person stop for the one like Mm -hmm. you stop I believe if one life is radically changed then a hundred can be changed out of that one Mm -hmm. life Mm -hmm. then us trying to straddle ourselves and be out in front for the hundred or the thousand or the ten thousand and so that has all evolved and so risen is our name and we are in conception collaborating with other artists collaborating with creators bringing beauty hope Mm -hmm. and joy to the body of Christ and pushing Mm -hmm. people to be kingdom-minded with the perspective that he loves you. There'll be lots of things coming yeah. with that. So it, can, it is 
They can follow you on Instagram. Yes, Is that the best follow, place uh-huh. to follow Risen right now? Yes. And, yes. and just to tell, we have several. We have two stories that I've posted on there, and we'll be developing a website. And one thing I would say as we end is that our, our culture is so social media driven and it's so branded. And I know I used that word earlier too. And, and I think that that time, the quiet with the Lord is so that much more important to find who you are. Mm-hmm. And you may do something like a natural birth when no one else thinks <laughs> you could, and it can be lonely. And, and I really believe that we partner with each other and help each other. And what's stirring in your heart, do it. Like start, start watering it, start mm-hmm. walking it out. Well, you know, but that's my heartbeat too. I'm a storyteller as well, but I use the this podcast and, and you use photography. And so it's really amazing to partner with like-minded friends and with ministries that are have the same goal, which is to glorify Jesus and tell his stories, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so often, especially women are just afraid or they're shy to tell their story. People don't think it matters or they mm-hmm. don't think it's interesting. And it mm-hmm. is a story that God's creating and weaving and writing and it's yes. meant to be told. Yes. And and um, that Revelation twelve eleven was one of the, the verses that God used to launch this podcast that just says it's talking about the enemy, which you've talked a lot about. And the there are only two ways that we can overcome the enemy, and it's by the blood of the lamb and the word, word of our testimony. testimony. So, you know, this is this is the point of it. Whether someone thinks their their story is powerful or not, it yes. overcomes the enemy. It, yeah. it is a power that God has given us the spoken word. When we tell the truth of what God's done then the enemy can't stand because the things he's saying are lies and and with the blood of Jesus who has covered each of us and made us whole and like mm-hmm. if you didn't have the money for a meal and all of a sudden you have the money for a meal you go tell everybody mm-hmm. because it's your testimony that is moving that we've mm-hmm. learned through that. Mm-hmm. wow well goodness girl we could talk all day I know we could um, but I do, I want to, I'm going to tag you in the show notes. I'm going to tag you on Instagram. We're going to put a cute picture of your family out in front of your RV. Cause I, that's one of my favorite pictures of you guys. I think it was your Christmas card, like a couple of years ago. Um, so everybody can get a picture, get a face with your voice. And I do think we're going to have people that want to reach out, whether it's for practical or whether it's for deeper heart questions. I know we'll that's the reason you do all yes, this. So. so thank you so much for your time and just walking through all this with me. It's been awesome. Well, I pray over your podcast that lives are changed mm-hmm. and that through the word of each testimony um, that lives are changed. And this is a vehicle. This mm-hmm. is your vehicle and God's mm-hmm. blessing it and anointing it. Mm-hmm. Thank you, friend. And, and we pray for great favor. Thank you, friend. You. Amen. I, I will echo that and just super grateful. It's all God, not me. So just him Amen. And, and the stories that he's bringing. Um, well, as we close up, we've talked a ton about your RV life. And here you're parked for a little bit with family. You've had about six weeks here with um, family and mm-hmm. kind of home base. And so what is making your life beautiful right now or today? <laughs> Spring. Um, the fresh air. The new life that's growing Mm -hmm. uh my family this season with my family of course and the intimacy we've built and then the the season that i feel like we're really beginning to walk into our Mm -hmm. call and purpose Mm -hmm. and it's a beautiful time it's a beautiful season and it it's wonderful um i think the third is just a good pair of burks birkenstocks (laughs) (laughs) and a good cup of coffee like i mean i'm so easy I mean, well, hippie life. Hippie know, at like, heart. I mean, if that hippie wasn't... Hippie at heart. Oh, girl. <laughs> that's the bumper sticker y'all need. Oh, I know. <laughs> I mean, that's if that, funny. If it wasn't obvious by the RV living, you, know, you got to be part hippie to, to hit the road And like that. It, it's funny. On the road, we've actually met real hippies. Oh. I would say we're not... Right, right. right. Like, they're, they're levels. 
You're but, the hippiest thing closest to me, yeah. but I, I know you're right. I mean, I've there, seen... There are levels I'm like, I'm not hippie. Let no. me show you hippie. <laughs> like, we've been called it right. all, so... Well, I love the journey you guys yeah. walk, okay. are walking into and yeah. have embraced and just love your story so well, thanks thank again for thank being you here. for having me yeah you're welcome and listeners thank you for being with us we hope that you were encouraged by this conversation and Corey and i we really are lighthearted in this that we hope you're living out your story we hope that you are seeking the lord and asking him to reveal those places that need that need healing and those wounded places that he really does want to come in and shine a light in, in not in an ugly, hard way, but in a beautiful, rest, restorative way so that you can go out and fully live your uniquely beautiful story. Thank you for listening to Uniquely Beautiful Stories with Heather McInear. Share this podcast with a friend and subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. Now go live your own story. 